Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. happened yes UCF finally got their first big 12 win and it came by beating the Cincinnati Bearcats their former and new rivals in the big 12 hello everybody and welcome back to charge on as always I'm your host Sean Green before we get started as always a quick word from our sponsor bet online the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling and college basketball is ready to go as well BetOnline remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Riding solo, right? So, watch the game. Did a post-game show, which, you know, again, we're switching it up a little bit on the channel. We're going, you know, we've been doing the live watch-alongs, which I've really enjoyed to do. Last week, we did the live pre-game show outside of the bounce house. And then today, I'm like, you know what? Instead of doing a whole live watch-along, let's do a post-game show. So, we did a post-game show had a little bit of a hiccup there, uh, so those those that came back and watched, I greatly appreciate it. For some reason, I'm losing my voice. I don't know why. I've barely talked today, but I'm losing my voice a little, uh, and I don't have Nick and Rob with me, so bear with me, but what a win, right? Uh, we'll get into all the negatives. We'll get into all the positives, because at the end of the day, this was not a perfect game. I think I mentioned it on the the live stream. If UCF played any other team in the Big 12 today, I don't know if it's if it's a win. Uh, but at the end of the day, winning on the road in college football is hard. Uh, winning in the Big 12 has been hard. Uh, just look at the last five weeks, and UCF has had a rough about month and a half. Right? You know, you play Kansas State, you play them tight, and you lose in the fourth quarter. You're blowing Baylor out. You lose it in the fourth quarter. You don't show up at Kansas, right? You get a bye week. Then you come back and bring it to the fourth quarter with Oklahoma, but you lose it in the fourth quarter. You play West Virginia, and, you know, you you lose it basically in the fourth quarter. So it, it's happened consistently, right? Every Every single week you kind of, look at yourself in the mirror and say, when is it going to finally be the week? And this week against Cincinnati, we were all kind of, I think both UC fans and UCF fans were all saying, this could be the week. This could be the week that we can put something together. We can finally pull off a win in conference play. Because again, these two teams know each other really well, right? We've played Cincinnati I don't know how many straight years. Uh, We beat them last year in a big game in Orlando. It's been a rivalry that has kind of heated up over the last couple years. 
And both teams have been not great uh, to start Big 12 play. So here was the thing. We said that, listen, UCF should beat Cincinnati. Cincinnati's offense is, is not good, uh, which I even said on the pod that they're better than, they move the ball on some teams. The problem is when they get into the red zone area, they can kind of struggle. And I think we saw that tonight. But it was very interesting just how, I don't want to say the same mistakes, but it's, listen, we're nine weeks into the season. We know what this UCF team is. They, we know it at this point. And though not perfect, I think they made enough plays to win the game. We also let Cincinnati beat themselves. And I think that's kind of the underlying thing here that we could talk about is at the end of the day, UCF didn't go out and completely lose it for them, but the Bearcats didn't go out and win it. I mean, the, if you look at the stats, let's, we can talk about a com- couple of the stats here. Bearcats outgained UCF in yards, 515 to 393. Had more passing yards, 267 to 165. More rushing yards, 248 to 228. Had two more first downs. Uh, had was two for four on fourth down. Ran eight more plays. Had five more minutes of time of possession. So I mean, when you look at the stats from that point of view, Cincinnati played pretty well. What they what happened to them is the two turnovers and eight penalties for seventy five yards. What does that remind you of? It reminds you of us, of UCF. Watching that game, I'm like, that is UCF in a nutshell the last five weeks. Is they're playing good enough to win the game? Now, Cincinnati, don't get me wrong, Cincinnati wasn't doing anything that was uh, amazing me or like, wow, we could, you know, they're going to absolutely kill us this game or they're just playing so much better. It wasn't that. It was strictly... At the end of the day, they could run the ball all over us. They could do whatever they want. If they just didn't beat themselves, I think it was Cincinnati's game to take. Now, I don't think UCF played to their full potential. Don't get me wrong. I mean, again, you know, if it wasn't for R.J. Harvey, I don't, I don't know what what could have happened. R.J. Harvey had uh, one of the best games of his time at UCF, and I think has really positioned himself as an NFL running back if you know if that happens because I think RJ Harvey just does things even when a hole is not there he creates a hole uh, and he always fights for extra yards which again at times this season he's he's made something out of nothing uh, but he was the savior for UCF for three touchdowns and look Cincinnati I think my biggest complaint uh, we'll go into the defense but my biggest complaint is that there's still no significant changes that have been made where you are seeing an improvement. Like I said, we're nine games in. You are who you are at this point. There's no, there's only getting better. There's no, and it's not like you're going to take a huge leap in week 10, right? You take incremental leaps. You try to get just a little bit better every week so that just like last season, UCF, right? UCF kind of peaked at the wrong time, and they just kind of got progressively a little worse every week. The goal is you start here, 
and you work your way up to here by the end of the year. Incremental leaps. You're not going from here to here from week 9 to week 10. Because if you're doing that, then most likely in week 11, it comes back down to reality. Right? So the running the the running defense was disappointing. I mean, again, let's let's call it like it is. They get 248 on the ground. Kiner had 19 attempts for 114 yards and a touchdown. And Montgomery had eight attempts for 113 yards and a touchdown. Eight attempts for 113 yards. 14.1 average for Montgomery. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Now I get it, it's a win. And we're gonna be happy and we're gonna be, you know, thrilled. Because at the end of the day, UCF did what they were supposed to do. They went on the road and beat a team in a stadium that UCF has notoriously not done very well at. So credit, credit the staff and and credit the team. I mean, again, that's five straight weeks and they finally got one. And again, there's there's much worse that could be taking place, right? You, you could have lost, and that, again, then you have to hear it from Cincinnati all year, uh, which now we don't have to. You have another year of being able to talk whatever stuff you want to talk on on Twitter, and you're not the worst team in the Big 12, which I think is good to good to know. And, and I don't think UCF has shown that they're the worst team in the Big 12. I think they're the worst in the Big 12 at beating themselves. And I think if you go back and you look at the five weeks UCF has beat themselves almost in every single game. And that's college football. We've talked about that every week on Charge On. That UCF, if they don't beat themselves, they're in every game. And they probably win more games than, you know, our record shows. But your record says that you're 4-5. and five. That's what your record says. And at the end of the day, you've got three more games. You have three more games. You have to win two to get to a bowl game. And can you prevail? Let's talk about the game today a little bit more in depth. Obviously, John Rice Plumley. Uh, f- you know, I think many of the the listeners that have been with this show and been with this channel the last year and a half know that we were very critical on John Rice Plumley last year, which many people did not agree with the takes we were saying. A lot of people were giving John Rice, you know, a lot of you know, excuses, saying, hey, listen, he hasn't played quarterback in a couple years and, you know, give it some time, you know, we were not giving into that. We said, listen, we expect a certain standard out of a UCF quarterback and John Rice hasn't been that. This season, granted, you know, obviously hadn't played since week two, came back for Oklahoma, played Oklahoma, West Virginia now, Cincinnati, a lot of people are still being very critical. Uh, went 13 of 23, 165 yards uh, through the air, and then 13 carries for 53 yards in a rushing touchdown. Had a quarterback rating of 116.8 and a completion percentage of 57%, which would have been higher if there wasn't three or four drops from the receivers. Listen, I've been a big John Rice um uh, guy this season I think John Rice has shown me a lot in the steps that he's made at quarterback some of the throw most of the throws if not all of the throws he's made this year have been significantly better and more accurate than throws he was making last year so when I continuously see the John Rice slander 
I am not sitting here and saying John Rice is a top quarterback in the country. I'm not sitting here and saying that John Rice has not done anything wrong or does not make wrong decisions. All I'm saying is John Rice Plumley does not deserve all the flack that he gets from UCF fans, especially after performance after performance. Now, granted, I get the West Virginia game. I understand. He made a couple decisions that cost UCF the game. At the end of the day, you turn the ball over, you're costing your team the game. Even though not all four turnovers were his fault, he did make a couple that were that were his fault, that were his error. In a game like today, didn't really put the ball in harm's way, had the one almost interception to R.J. Harvey, right? Didn't put the ball in harm's way. Didn't try to do too much when a play wasn't there. Got out of the pocket, threw the ball away. Got out of the pocket, put the ball in a place only the receiver can get it. Made plays with his legs that we haven't seen in a couple weeks. You know, because again, he's not 100%. John Rice didn't go out and lose you this game. RJ Harvey went and won it. But you know, we're, I was in a, a, in a couple group chats, right? And I said this on the live stream. And they were just, just crapping on John Rice. And at that point, he just came up with two big third downs, which led to an RJ Harvey touchdown. And I'm like, what more do you want from the guy? Nothing was there. The play broke down. He goes and fights for two first downs on third down and seven, third down and eight, and leads to a touchdown drive. Without those third down pickups, who knows if UCF would win? I mean, we had a missed field goal. That was big points. Missed opportunity after missed opportunity. I mean, again, UCF practically kept UC in this game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, even the end of the game. I mean, they should have had no chance for a two-point conversion. But again, you give up a big play. So credit John Rice Plumley. I'm loving what I've been seeing out of him this season. Obviously, again, but I obviously know what I'm expecting and getting out of John Rice. As long as John Rice doesn't put the ball in harm's way, UCF has a chance to win every game. If John Rice protects the football, I like UCF's chances. Now, he's not perfect. I've never said he was. But I think we know what we're expecting of John Rice. R.J. Harvey, enough said. R.J. Harvey, like I said earlier, just fights for every yard he can get. And that's why I love we, we, we've loved R.J. Harvey the last two seasons. We were the ones on this channel pushing for R.J. Harvey, pushing for R.J. Harvey over Isaiah Bowser last year. And he's making the most of his opportunity. 20 carries for 164 yards and three touchdowns. That's all you can ask. He was the workhorse. I think that's what, four straight 100-yard games? He's going to break 1,000 yards. I think he only needs 140 more yards to break 1,000. He's going to do that. One negative off the offense, which I liked the offensive line. Drake Metcalf should not see the field the rest of the season. He is not good at center. Uh, He's proven that. He cannot snap the football. He makes too many mistakes. So Drake Metcalf, besides Drake Metcalf, I think the offensive line played really solid. Um, Gave John Rice time. Uh, The one that he dropped right in the bucket for uh, Javon Baker, again, had ample time to throw the ball, and it was beautiful. The one negative, I'll say, I just need to see more out of the receivers. I get it. Xavier Townsend has been injured, and they're not they're not putting him out there. He's trying to get healthy. But Javon Baker had four receptions for 93 yards. 
Kobe Hudson, two receptions for 45 yards. And then I said this on the pod, but or the live stream, but Jaina Richardson had three catches for nine yards. RJ Harvey, one catch for seven yards. Randy Pittman Jr., one catch for five yards. Uh, Jared Baker, one catch for three yards. And then Alec Holler, one catch for three yards. That's not going to win you many football games when you have... Now, granted, he targeted Kobe Hudson eight times and Javon Baker six. Out of your 23 pass attempts, you're throwing to either Javon Baker or Kobe Hudson 14 out of the 23 times. I don't mind that. I like that. But at the same time, you got to get other guys involved. And I think, listen, at the end of the day, Jared Baker had six targets and only caught one ball. So... Definitely need to see more out of the receivers. And again, I need to see some guys step up. Because next year, if uh, Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson are not here, who's going to step up? Who's going to be the guy to make the plays? That's kind of what I'm looking for the, the final three games. Let's go to the defense. Um, I'm going to give my defensive MVP uh, this week to Lee Hunter. Uh, Lee Hunter will be going to the draft. There's no question. He will get drafted. Uh, He just makes plays after plays. He pushes the pile. Uh, And obviously Cincinnati's offensive line, you know, kind of on the same par as ours in a way, just because, again, they're not very good uh, at protecting the quarterback. Lee Hunter, seven total tackles, uh, two solo, and one and a half tackles for loss and a quarterback hit. Um I know Tramon Morris Brash. I'll give co-MVP to Tramon Morris Brash. Again, five total tackles, three solo, two and a half sacks, two and a half tackles for loss. Um, I mean, he's been incredible this season. He leads the Big 12 in sacks. Uh, He's gone next year. Uh, He will get drafted. Uh, Walter Gates, I'm surprised he had 13 tackles. I thought he was awful today. Uh, He led the team in tackles, but I thought he was not good. the linebacking core, you know, Jason Johnson comes up with the fumble recovery, which was huge. Uh, that was a huge play in the game. But I think the linebackers, like we all know, are are one of the weakest parts of this football team. I mean, let's talk about it, right? The running backs on, on Cincinnati side. We've been talking about it, and it's almost just like the same thing over and over again. Running back takes the ball, goes to one side. Defensive line does a good job, kind of filling up the holes. The linebackers move over. Okay, well, the running back sees that everybody's on one side. He's just going to cut back and go the other way. That was basically every single run that Cincinnati had was a big run to the opposite side of where they started the run because no linebacker is helping. And if they do help, they're not fast enough to get the get the running back. And Kaisner is literally one of the slowest running backs in college football. And you still couldn't get him. So, I don't know what they're going to do. I know UCF knows they don't have any better options right now. You can go with the young kids. But again, there's a reason they're not playing. They're not ready to play. And, you know, I don't want to start looking towards next season at all because I think there's a lot to play for here. But linebacking, the linebackers are the weakest spot on this football team. And you lose Jason Johnson next year. So besides that, I mean, that's the 
that's the problem that you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to look at your roster and say, do we have the freshmen now that are going to be starting next year and will they be able to be better than the guys this year? Um, I think Brady, uh, Brandon Marshall played really well um, at times. Uh, really kind of showed why he was on the freshman All-American watch list early on. Josh Seliscar has really, again, another week where he's kind of just been a non-factor. Uh, he's I, he's honestly really hurt. I think, you know, I feel bad for him because I think if he would have went out to the draft last year, I think he would have gotten drafted and, and really made a name. But I think this year he's just really hurt his draft stock and how he's played uh, in the Big 12. He really has not, even today, I mean, against Cincinnati, he did not really show up. Um and it sucks. I, I hope he can finish strong, but he is just not not contributed the way that I think most of us assumed that he would have contributed. Besides that, biggest play or a couple big plays. Obviously, fumble recovery was huge. Uh, the fake punt that was great to pull out. Uh, we like to see that. I don't like to be a negative Nancy. I feel like I'm being very negative this pod. Let me be positive. I'm going to be positive a little bit. I'm sorry that I'm so negative. I think it's I'm so it's been five straight weeks of five straight or ten straight pods of losses. So taking a 28-26 win feels like a loss in a way, but it's not. At the end of the day, you go and you beat Cincinnati. We're counting it as a Big 12 win, but it's not in in the. Let me rephrase. It is a Big 12 win, but it's against a team that you've played every single year who you have you beat last year at home. And I think there's still a sense of you, you kind of need to go out and beat at least one of these final three teams, specifically Texas Tech or Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State doesn't look very uh, good in the sense of you ain't beating them. <laughs> Uh, anything can happen in the Big 12. Don't get me wrong. But Oklahoma State can run the football, and it's the one thing that you've proven that you cannot do. Ollie Gordon will probably run for 400 yards, and it would not surprise me. And, you know, whatever his total is for the game next week, I'd bet the over. Because there's no chance in hell that UCF stops Ollie Gordon, Ollie Gordon next week. Now, I hope this plays back, and I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that I'm the laughing stock because I was wrong because I said that UCF wouldn't stop Ollie Gordon. But that's just my truth. I, I mean, you gave up 200-yard rushers to Cincinnati, which, granted, Cincinnati's a really good running the football team. That's all they've been able to do all year. But at the same time, doesn't give me much confidence. And Emory Jones, also, Emory Jones is awful, um, but he actually played pretty well in my opinion. I don't think they have many playmakers out on, on the field. They, they basically just compiled a bunch of rando transfers and put them out, which, you know, here's the thing. Cincinnati, I feel bad for Cincinnati. I mean, yes and no. I, I feel bad, but I also don't because they talk way too much. They be, they lost their coach. Basically, all their players left. Do you see Evan Prater? Evan Prater's like playing special teams. Went from being the backup quarterback playing special teams it's sad for them um, I'm happy UCF won I really am I truly am but listen at the end of the day it doesn't matter until you get to six and six 
you need to win the next two out of three. However, what however you do it is up to you. You want to go beat Oklahoma State and Texas Tech but lose to Houston? I'm fine with that. You want to beat Texas Tech and Houston but lose to Oklahoma State? That's probably the most realistic way you can do it. It's not going to be easy. Don't get me wrong. I think UCF still has an ample amount of problems. Again, in my opinion, watching the game today and the game that I watched with my two eyeballs, UCF plays that type of game against Oklahoma State, against Texas Tech, against Houston. UCF loses. We'll take the W. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy here. I know it's a positive day. Tomorrow, somebody on the pod said it. Tomorrow, the air will be a little bit fresher. The food will taste a little bit better, right? Credit to whoever said that. I don't remember who has said it. I wish I could remember. I apologize, but I give you credit. You know who you are. But at the end of the day, you have to get better. You have to get to six and six. You can't get, you can't end the season five and seven and miss a bowl game. You can. And I think that luckily, hopefully, this team got a little bit more confident today. Hopefully, the team got a little bit more juice in them. But you got to clean up the mistakes. They didn't beat themselves. They didn't beat themselves, which I think was the most positive thing that you could look at this game from and say, they made Cincy beat themselves. UCF didn't beat themselves. But at the same time, you didn't go out and necessarily just win, which I think is what we were looking for. I said... I said it on the pod. You need to go out there and prove. I think in my pre-game predictions or whatever. I said if you go out there and play a close game against Cincinnati. The the confidence for the last three games is going to be pretty low. I said if you go out there and just punch them in the mouth. And, and dominate them from possession to possession. We're in a different playing field here. But I think UCF just again. It's one of those weeks where. You kind of felt at any point UCF could just win. Just go out and just dominate. But it's almost like they just let Cincinnati hang. Which is what was the disappointing thing was. But at the end of the day, I'm being negative. UCF went out and did handle their business. Which is all we needed. To, we all we needed that on a Saturday. UCF won. The Magic won. I'm happy. It's been a while since my teams have won. Now, granted, maybe today the Patriots will beat the Commanders. Then I'll be 3-0 this weekend. I'm batting pretty well. But next week's not going to be fun. You'll get, obviously, your, your pregame preview on Thursday. But you got three chances to, to really make some noise. A bowl game would be fun. Maybe not for you, but I, listen. UCF versus Auburn would be fun. And I hope that's what I hope that this win kind of ignites another fire under these guys and says, listen, we can go finish the season strong. And then we'll deal with all the transfer hoopla and quarterback hoopla and everything in three weeks. But you got three more opportunities to go get a win, two more home games. And that's all I gotta say. Gus Malzahn finally gets a win over Scott Satterfield. I don't know if it means much this season, but hey, we'll take it. One and two to Scott, Scotty, Scotty S, uh, which I know Cincy fans are not happy with him, but again, I don't, 
imagine coming into the situation he's coming into. But Louisville's doing better without him, so, I mean, what are you going to do? All right, guys, what a win. Good win for the boys. Hopefully, they can keep it going in Big 12 Conference play. Again, you end with Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Houston. Houston gets a big win today. Uh, I forgot the team they beat. I think they beat Baylor. They beat Baylor. Uh, so, I mean, again, Houston's beat two teams UCF hasn't. So, it's not like, uh, I know why I kept saying Houston's bad, and I still think they are. They keep winning some games. So, Dana Holgerson's doing something right. You have three more games left, guys. Three more games. We're going to take the win. We're happy to beat Cincy, spelled with a Y. It's not Cincy with an I, it's Cincy with a Y. Happy to go out with a win. And hopefully the boys can have a good week of practice uh, to to really see if we can make some noise and, and beat the number two. I don't know what they're going to be in the, the ranking after, but one of the top teams in the country that just won the final game of Bedlam. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. If you like this channel, if you like all the content we produce, if you're a UCF fan or a Big 12 fan, please like, subscribe, share, comment, do all that you do. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers by the end of the year. It would really mean a lot to us, so please tell your friends about us. We'll be doing a lot of cool things in the coming months, and we look forward to seeing you all at some point, whether that's next week or the week after or the week after or the week after. All right, guys, this has been Charge On. It's not bet online. We will see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.